One of the songs that you wrote became kind of a controversial song because it's a song called Beast and the Trump administration embraced it and used it in a video. And you guys sent out what I thought was an incredibly diplomatic press release saying, please don't do that. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, Tell me about that experience. I'll keep it short because I'd love to hear what Asia has to say. But I think the tricky thing is at this point, it's like we've all had those arguments. You know, you can't change anybody's mind. And I've, you know, I've spent a couple years trying to change people's mind and realize that that was a waste of energy. And I'm sure we all have people that we love who have kind of gone down the Trump rabbit hole to the point where you have a little bit of empathy because it's not, it's not, it's, it's smart people, you know, and it's so much of it is the community, the people that are around where they're getting the news and, and to the point where it's like being angry at them does not help anybody. So I don't know. I think we both and we both have tried to look at it as if we're going to try and heal, if we're going to try and bring people back together, maybe pointing the finger isn't the solution. I agree. You know, we I think Dan and I have sort of a similar, unique perspective on it. Coming from this industry, also so many things you you can put a target on your back and then you actually just invite so much toxic energy when you lash out or do something that is very like with so much accusation or, you know, conviction about this is how it is. And you are the bad guy or something. You know, I think we've both experienced the backlash of toxicity of hate that is available, readily available to so many on social media. And I don't want to invite that into my, my life and my reality. And I also feel like Dan said, my experience is that change comes from within and also from, I think from camaraderie. Like, I think that when you, you change because you feel inspired by something to do something different and you see a better way and an evolution in something. And so when you're mudslinging, it's not an invitation to have any sort of evolution anyway. And it's also very self-righteous in my opinion, to believe that, you know, why someone thinks the way they think and has the opinions that they have, because we all come from different backgrounds and upbringings. And when you walk the shoes of someone else from the beginning to the place where they land, you have a much better understanding as to why they make the decisions that they make and have the perspective that they have. And I prefer to honor that and respect that journey with trust in a sense of not necessarily it's my way, but it's that person's way. They've done the best of their ability to reach, you know, where they've landed. And I'm not saying that I condone anything that in my view feels negative or hard or, but I just feel that it's a part of the evolution and we're still on the, in the process. And like, we're not where we need to be in order to have a safe and wonderful and loving and nurturing community And hopefully we can get there someday before we destroy the entire planet and 
each other and all living things. But I'm very patient with the process because I do believe in evolution, the evolution. I do believe in a higher perspective. And I do believe that, you know, all of the things that we're experiencing right now, it's like we're pushing humanity forward. And it does take a certain amount of resistance to have a certain amount of growth. And I think that's just my perspective. So I'm not here to like tell someone that the way they see the world is false because I just think that's more of the same junk that we've had for so long. But I guess what I feel is like, I'm always reaching for a higher truth for myself and I'm always reaching for a higher perspective for myself. And I hope that can inspire my children and the people around me to always reach for a higher truth and a higher perspective. And I'm always trying to connect. And I like to do that with music and give people hope and love. And that's my job. You know, it hurts me when people, when I say anything online that someone lashes out, we're not asking for your opinion. Just shut up and make your music. There's a lot of that out there. And I'm like, oh man, it's crazy that when you're an artist and you put yourself out there, you're expected to just be this vessel of something enjoyable, I guess. <laughs> and you can't really take the reins and, and form your own opinions or, but I've also learned that like Dan said, I'm not here to, you know, push someone to be something they're not ready to be. And I'm not here to, it's not my decision what you do with your life. Like, you know, I can have my feelings and opinions about it, but I'm not, I'm not here to control another person. And that's ultimately my feeling, I guess. So I don't know if that even answered any of the questions that you asked about mm -hmm. the Trump song and the beast and whatever, but I don't take it personal, you know? Well, I think it's helpful. I mean, the opening line of the song, stand tall for the beast of America. No one's really used that phrase before, I don't think, in a song, which is why your songwriting is so unique and wonderful. But what is the beast of America? Well, this is a really good conversation to have about this song because I wrote this, that phrase, um, let's see, 15, 16 years ago. And I was 24 years old when I wrote that. So the thing that I can tell you is that I'm a very different person now than I was then. And I have no idea what I was thinking that day when I walked into the studio, but that's what came out of me. And, you know, I can tell you the feeling of the song for me, a lot, a lot of my music is about feeling and the words just kind of line up with the cadence of the rhythm and the emotions and the, all of it just kind of comes together in a, a flow. And that flow is always about what, the feeling in my heart is. And I know the feeling I felt when I wrote that song was empowerment. It was togetherness. It was standing up for your neighbor and loving someone regardless of where they came from and who they are and learning how to support, you know, your fellow neighbor. And really like the monster, we're like, I don't know, I guess the your fellow neighbor is not the monster, you know, like the monster is like, there's bigger things happening. You know, there's, I guess there's just bigger things at play that I feel like, like why, like we're, we're sitting here like stabbing each other in the organs. And it's like, what, a, you know, there's bigger suppressive powers that are like, I don't know, controlling our worlds and societies and, you know, the people at the top with like the money and the power and the 
suppression that rains down on everyone. And why are we like attacking each other? You know, like that's kind of where the song came from. So I guess when someone uses it to like pit, my issue with Trump using it in that way was more that it was like fueling a very divisive perspective was irritating to me because the song is about coming together regardless of you know, religious beliefs, regardless of political beliefs, like recognizing like you're a person, I'm a person, like we are both breathing the same air. You know, and I really think the break of the song, which is this primal Native American, African Caribbean drum beat, where you profess that you've got to love your neighbor, love your neighbor and let your neighbor love you back. Mm -hmm. You know, in this just sort of primal drum beat, that to me is kind of because it occurs in the break of the song is this core message that you're trying to get through throughout the whole, like it's the the overwhelming message of the song is in the break. It's buried there in the break, you know, in some ways. Like bursting at the seams and then the seam bursts. Yeah. And at that point in the song, when we were on stage, we would like break and Dan would be playing so hard and I would be dancing so hard and, Rich would do his dances and it was just like, let it go. Actually, the most important part of that whole phrase, that whole dialogue to me is actually the let your neighbor love you back thing. Because I think that receiving love is like really hard for people, you know? And I think that to me was like, it's not just about loving your neighbor, but it's also about allowing that energy to come back at you, you know? Why do you think it's so hard for people to allow themselves to be loved back? I mean, I think a lot of it probably has to do with the way that we raise our children in society. I think we're going to get better and better at that. But like, you're taught, like, be a big kid, do things, but you know, you don't need help. (laughs) Like, we just are taught that from the beginning. And I think we need help. We all do. You know, it's not just be strong and save everyone. You know, I've spent a lot of my life wanting to like save the world because I just came here that way. Like whoever I was when I was born, I just, I had that feeling from a young age of like, I just want to help. I just want to like help, 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 help. It's about receiving it too, you know, letting it come back to you, letting other people be powerful, learning from them and learning what they have to offer and listening. Listening is also like a big part of receiving and also giving, you know, As a society, we're starting to wake up to the fact that like, yeah, it's really time to listen. Like there's people that have been suppressed and shut down for so long. And I think in those communities, they're finally hopefully getting a platform to actually be able to be heard and that maybe we can learn something this time around instead of recreating more of the damage, you know? So anyhow, that's what I think. I'm glad you were able to set the record straight about what this song's purpose really is. It seems like the propaganda machine sometimes takes the artist's work in different directions than it perhaps was intended. Yeah. It is actually a very American song, though, you know, in the sense of, come on, let's come together, like, in that sense. You know what I love about your sound? And I totally think there's an Asia sound, like, you know, a lot of artists, they say, oh, you, you sound like this person or that person. Or, and I'm sure you might have inspiration from, you know, I don't know, Patti Smith or Joan Jett or something, you know, Veruca Salt or something like that. But it's Asia when you hear it. <laughs> it 
no other voice sounds like your voice. But I really think this song, you're like the Zach Delaroche, the female Zach Delaroche rage against the machine in the video, like asking America to do something. And that is to stand tall and love your neighbor and let your neighbor love you back. Mm. Who does not want that message to be heard? <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. Thank you for that. I, I agree. I don't know if I'm ranting or raving. No, I think <laughs> making that's like, sense. <laughs> no, thank you. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's so funny. We kept, when I wrote the song originally, it was like, it's had like five evolutions. <laughs> I swear every time we're like, it wasn't relevant till now. And then it's like, goes away. And then it's like, oh, but it's relevant now. And then it goes away. It's like, I do think it's just always kind of relevant. You know, it's like, we can always grow more, be better, love each other more. You know why Donald Trump picked it or his team picked it? Do I know why? No. Dan, do you know why? I mean, I think I know why. I think it's, you know, that's, the song was written for the, you know, I think at the time to, to kind of channel where Asia was coming from with the lyrics, like it was written for the oppressed. Yeah. Like the underdog of society. The underdog and the irony of the Trump message is that, you know, white males are the oppressed. <laughs> and so... To me, it's like, that's kind of the irony. Well, that was why it made me sick to my stomach at the time is it's just um, that I think that that kind of says it all. But what, what is your thought, Doug? My interpretation, and I don't usually extend my interpretation on the show, but I think they picked up on the line, keep it real for the people working overtime. They can't stand living off the government's dime. Mm. And that's number one. And number two is their nickname for the limousine It was the Beast. So when they were driving around in their Secret Service protected limousine, they were in the Beast. <laughs> well. And so they identified with the Beast uh, of America. Yeah. It is funny because my dad actually reminded me that one of the issues that we had with the song when we were, you know, kind of going through the, the radio rounds was people were confused about whether, you know, kind of what side of politics we were coming down on. You know, some people saw it as like this kind of right wing nationalist idea. I mean, I think some of those lines that you just mentioned, you know, and I totally forgot about that, but that was kind of one of the things that it's not the first time that people were confused about what the message really meant and who we were speaking to. And I mean, that's, I mean, I guess the goal of art is for it to be open to interpretation and who are we to tell people what, you know, the song should mean to them. But, you know, when you're going to get into something where that video is used to promote that January 6th rally, and when you kind of see what the kind of evil I'll use that word. I mean, it just kind of what was behind it all. It, it, you just kind of have to put your foot down. I would say also as a writer, I've sort of become more literal over the years. And I think I listened to some of my earliest material and there's so much fantasy like intertwined in how I would tell a story. Sometimes it's hard for me to even go back and follow my own wavelength. <laughs> Be like, what was that word representing? Like, what was I thinking right there? And 
it's interesting because I do love that because there's like such a poetry and it is kind of like I'm I guess the way that I would say things sometimes I'm I'm like it's intriguing for me because as I've become more trained by default and also just being like constantly writing with my husband or being writing around him or like hearing his writing and it's been a lot of like training that I just I think that it's sort of sad sometimes because I even listened to like my melody work and my early material and just the language and the melodies like were so untrained and like so free to just like, it's like doodling, you know, versus like, then you go to training and you become like a figure painter, you know, or something like I miss that because now there's like so many formulas ingrained in me and I just know too much. And I have to like really let go to be creative with my own writing. And sometimes it comes way more fluidly. Sometimes it does just channel out of me and it is so creative and so fun. Other times I'm like, Oh, I can't like get out, break away from like my own rigidity, you know? And I think when I listen back to like that early work, even when we're talking about the lyrics of beast, I'm like, Oh, I just miss, I miss that kind of like freedom in the songwriting and the music and even the melody writing and like just letting go and like whatever came out ended up in the song instead of like, okay, let's rework this 15 times to make sure it makes sense. I don't write that way really anyway. That's probably why I'm always like pulling away from that, you know, because I don't like the formula. There's a certain amount of, (laughs) I don't know, freedom lost when you become trained in something or you've done it so long, you know? And I think I just miss it sometimes. I miss that I like the early material for those reasons sometimes, you know? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.